Hello and welcome to Snakes and Ladders, a podcast about our time in the workplace, career ups and downs, and the tips and tricks we've picked up along the way. You are hosted today by myself, Peter Conroy, and you, Julian Armstrong. My man, how are you? Put your name for a second there. <laughs> um, uh, 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 <laughs> coming up on today's show. Um, progression in life, in our careers, uh, sometimes it's straightforward, but sometimes it's completely erratic. We talk about influencing this to our benefit and the different ways to progress your career. And later, we look at some of our favorite celebs and the unusual trajectories they have taken in their careers. But first, the peanut butter to my jelly. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, panic. (laughs) Mr. Julian Armstrong, how are you, man? I'm great, buddy. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, Another week gone. Yeah, another week. Another dollar. And we're we're still here doing the podcast. So? We're still we're still do, doing the podcast. Yeah. Although I think soon we're we're going to get our own equipment. I think soon. Yeah, we have to track it out to Dalston. Yeah. When we had a cleaner come here the other week. Yeah. While we were, while like, we were midway, she was like the one out of um, family, family guy. guy. Yeah. No, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry, not clean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, man, I'm I'm excited about today's episode. It's um, it's a follow on from one of our previous ones we were talking about. Uh, how you know where you want to get to. Um, and this is lo- sort of looking at the frameworks behind it. So there's a lot, lot of takeaways for this one. Well, we took a leaf out of our own book because this episode is about planning. And so we sat down mm. about three weeks, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, mm. and we decided we've mapped out the rest of the season. Yep. So, I mean, we're now midway through what we've kind of planned as this season. Mm-hmm. And I think... Moving on to Finally next Finally decided season. to get organized. Yeah, I know. We were like, originally we were just like just turning it. up. <laughs> just winging it. What are we talking about this week? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think we're like, we've really kind of started to find our stride. We're really happy with what we're doing. So, you know, yeah. we're kind of selling, preaching what we sell, preaching, yeah. selling what we preach. I don't know. Yeah. Either or. Sure. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's get into it. Nice. All right, so progression may come in many forms. Uh, I guess forwards. Is forwards right? Yeah. Yeah. Upwards, maybe. Upwards, uh, forwards, sideways. Upwards, sideways. Uh, sometimes backwards, yeah. Uh, and like a game of snakes and ladders, <laughs> <laughs> long-term progression. I, I, I wrote that in and I was like... <laughs> um, long-term progression requires planning and intentionality. So we're talking about career progression today, and I think we touched on this previously um so there are three types yeah, yeah we've we've talked about yeah, the three we, types we briefly touched on it um when you were talking about planning but we, we need to go into more detail yeah so there's there's three basic types or three different situations there's the traditional kind of linear progression where you work in a company and it's very clear what your your progression is your next role is going to be you know what you're moving towards and then even what the one is after that um and hopefully you're in a company if, if you're in that situation where like the things you need to achieve are fairly visible to yeah. be able to progress that. Then, of course, there's what we call lateral progression, where still within the same company, or even if you choose to to step outside and into a different business, you you decide to take a side step, 
and change swimming lanes, basically. Mm-hmm. So you make Into a con- the fast lane. Yeah, you make a conscious decision. You see, okay, you, like like you're sitting in traffic. You're like, oh, the lanes at the left of me is moving faster. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great metaphor. Yeah, one of, one of the rare ones I've got. <laughs> 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 and then you find out that that traffic stops and you're fucked and you got to go back. <laughs> go to another lane. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, ba- yeah, basically you made a decision to change slightly your direction to either get to where you want to get to faster or just in a different route. And then finally, the one that is sort of less traveled is where you carve out a, a different road um, to everyone else. And we'll talk about how you do that as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think something we need to kind of look at for each type is kind of the environment, the tools and the resources you need. Yeah. So, I mean, you touched the first type there, we talk about as linear progression. And mm. I think this is the one that by default if people go into autopilot, will kind of basically fall into. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty rare that someone will stay in a job unless they actively decide that they don't want to progress and decide not to. Yeah. By default, most people will decre- will progress in some form or another. Yeah, for sure. Through seniority. Yeah. And linear progression really plays into that. Ult- ultimately, particularly with businesses that have really long structured hierarchies yeah typically you'll find yourself on an autopilot kind of chain forward and upwards over time so people we're going to do a full episode on linear progression um after this anyway so we'll go into far more detail but people need to appreciate that like companies put structure in place you know it's not sinister they don't do it just to keep you um keep you constrained and limited in terms of your growth but there is a degree of that like they're trying to put structure and guidelines and and deliverables and competency requirements and training and knowledge in place so that they know or are comfortable that you've got the skills that you need to have to be able to progress to the next role. It's also an incentive to kind of make you work hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to come back to an anecdote about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, most companies will have that. If you're in a company that doesn't have that, we're going to talk about that next time, like how you exploit it and use it to your advantage. But the traditional kind of routes uh, are, are really linear. And I know, like, you know, we're both, you know, engineers and stuff. When, when I left uni, um, it was, okay, you're going to be, you know, a graduate and then you'll do that for a, a number of years. Then you're going to be a site engineer. You'll do that for five years. Then you'll be a senior site engineer for five years. Then you'll be a project, project engineer. engineer for five years and mm-hmm. a senior project. Like, it was literally... It's very cookie cutter as well, company to company. It's pretty much the same. Yep, and it was yeah. literally kind of prescribed like that, yep. and you could see the people who had gone through that process, and it was literally like five years, and the the timeline behind it is just so arbitrary. Did you ever see? I don't know. My old career career advisor used to have this big poster on the back of his door, and basically just showed like the huh? cat that hang in there with a cat. Oh, <laughs> no, not that one. But it was like a it was like a tree, like a career tree, basically, yeah. and it showed like you study this and it will take you to this and then you do this job and it takes you to this and do that. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. And it was very, very prescriptive and very linear. And I do tend to think that that linear progression is kind of a more outdated yeah. kind of like, you know, situation to find yeah, yourself yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, more companies are like moving towards like, um, I guess more, um, yeah, less hierarchical uh, structures. And it, it's tricky because, like, how do you get the competency? How do you get people to, like, prove um, they're capable through opportunities and all that sort of stuff? I also think people's tenure at different businesses is becoming shorter and more erratic. Yeah, which I think is feeding some of what, what we're talking about. Um, 
so it's going to be interesting to see in those companies where it's like uh, less of a kind of pyramid to mm. leadership and more like a fucking oval or whatever, mm. um, how you try and get people to develop those skill sets and feel progression. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the challenges. Like you want people to feel a sense of um, achievement and growth and development. And that actually plays into a lot, a lot of why you can retain good people. If they don't feel that, they're going to leave. Yep. Uh, it's probably one of the bigger reasons why people leave companies that don't feel like they're progressing. They don't feel like they're developing or, or growing. Um, they might be, but they just can't see it. Well, I think what will be interesting is like newer generations, they say we have a shorter attention span, possibly. And mm. I think that's mainly driven by the immediacy of things like, t- like social media and the internet. Mm. How they're going to convince younger people, just do this for five years. Mm. I'm not going to do that for five years. Yeah, I want to do it for one. Have you done something for five years? Yeah. Like, is that a question to me? Yeah, like genuinely. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like when I when I was your boss in Australia, I was in that role for five years. When was that's the last time you did a job for five years though? Yeah. For me too. Like the last two was kind of three years. Um, yeah. Well, technically, like, yeah, technically the role I'm in now, I've been doing it for like four years, mm. um, just in two different companies. But think about it like this: like your working life goes from let's say. 22 23 now for most people mm. and you know we're looking at retiring at 60 mm. plus mm. that's like 40 years yeah you know yeah so like it, it naturally there's going to be limitations on just how far people can develop and grow mm. um one of the things i think companies really struggle with is that you can have people who are job ready or promotion ready but the role's just not available yeah and time and time again, I see companies just lie about it yeah. and they go, oh yeah, but you need this one more thing or yeah. you need to like do this project or have this one more year's experience. You only really get to do that once or twice and then after that, they've lost trust. trust yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a load of shit too. Like what they really need to say is you've got all the skills. You we just, just don't, don't have the role ready for you. But Would as soon you, as it is ready, you know, you've got it. Do you reckon that that would have more incentive for someone to stay or less? Depends on the individual, I think. It, yeah, it depends on the individual. Like, like I'd respect the hell out of a company for being like, we don't have the role, but as soon as it's available. But also, that mm. role had better be mine. Yeah, when exactly. It does come up. Yeah. But imagine, I would be more. I don't know. Would you more be more inclined to be like, well, I, I, I just have to be patient in the role's mine, or it's such an interesting thing for companies to consider. People just don't do it. Like I, I do it with my staff and say, like, you know, you, you're either where you need to be to be able to be promoted. Mm. Um, and this this is very random that I do this, and I, I I would guess that no one really does this, but I I purposely don't promote people sometimes because they're um within the pay window, so I'm like oh but if I promote you now I'm not going to be able to get you as big a pay rise as you actually need, yeah. uh, so I'm going to promote you in like three or four months time so it's out of pay cycle right which is what we were talking about yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. pay thing yeah um gosh you're a good boss <laughs> uh but well that's how you keep people man <laughs> like. Get, well, get them paid what they're supposed to get paid but like it, with your point like uh, if I say that to someone your job ready yeah but we're gonna have to delay it mm. I reckon they're more likely to stay than if I say you're not job ready and they know they are well what's funny is like one of my staff I had to have a pretty hard conversation during her review where I was like there's no she because she yeah. she's been with the business for less than two years and she goes well what does career progression look like for me and I was like I'll be honest with you you're kind of at a ceiling right now. Your role mm. is pretty fundamental to the functioning of the business and I don't see how there's no space for what you do at yeah. a more senior level. And I did say to her, I was like, 
you know, if she turned around and she found another role at another business that allowed her to progress, I'd be like, go for it. Yeah. What I did say to her though is, but you are in a position where you're very comfortable with what you do mm. and any extra time you have, let's look for opportunities to upskill you so that should another role come across at another business or at this business or whatever. Yeah. So that's lateral progression, right? And she's like, still here, so. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's lateral progression where yeah, you, you realize either there's a ceiling or you're not happy with the speed that you're going to be able to be progressing vertically mm. and you make a conscious decision to change lanes. Mm. Um, and if you've got a boss that's actually pointing that out to you, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so kudos to you for for having that discussion because that can be uncomfortable. You'd never want to lose good people, but in reality, you'll lose them anyway if they're... Well, she's going to be unhappy and less exactly. engaged. I'd rather not have her be... I, just, I, I, I don't know if this is an unusual thing, but for me, I'd really just prefer my staff to be happy. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, some people will gamble though and go, well, I think I can keep her here as long as I possibly can, knowing that she's unhappy anyway and blah, blah. You know, like they try and get their pound of flesh. Yeah, I see that. I, I I think it's naive. Yeah, like I what think you've so too. What you've done is the right thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like you, you're creating an opportunity for lateral progression, which is where you choose to change lanes. Um, and I think that we're again we've got another full episode dedicated on how to do this, mm-hmm. and it's very much around. I mean, you're you're like more in the weeds and and um, more of an expert at this particular piece than me. It's about like picking transferable skills mm. and transferable knowledge so that you don't like start from scratch mm. it's not like okay i work in construction now i'm an engineer i'm going to be a lawyer like i'm going to choose the i know the someone who did route. that yeah but like that's a starting from scratch situation. that's a go get another degree at university kind of deal yeah yeah so that's a starting from scratch situation it's it's going to be you know yes grinding and, you to a halt yes it, and no though it could end up being faster in the end yes but. and no though so like there's a girl who currently works on my current work she has a construction management degree and she's decided she wants to be a lawyer. Yeah. And so she's spoken to the business. She's like, I want to pursue being a lawyer. She's got such a good reputation with the business in terms of her work ethic that they've said, right, well, you can continue working here part-time while you study. Mm. And then once you've graduated, we'll look at opening up a legal position for you in the business. Yeah, cool. Uh, which I think is probably maybe our third option, maybe sort of. Not not quite. I think that's still like a lateral, lateral progression movement. progression move. But like, in, if you if you were trying to rapidly progress your career, that's like that's a really tricky decision to make because you're she's she's effectively stall, stalling it for a while, for four or five years. Yeah, you know. Um, so like in terms of la- the the typical routes for lateral progression are more around identifying transferable skills. So like yeah. if you worked in sort of commercial or financial management or something like that. Transferring to kind of legal, I mean, these are two bad examples because yeah. you actually need to be like qualified to do these two, two roles. But like maybe from like design to quality or something, something like that. Yeah, you've got, like, a, you've got a core fundamental mutual understanding of the role. Yeah, people who work in like data and digital reporting, like doing Power BI, yeah. quite often also transfer to IT. Yeah. Stuff like that yeah. um, is natural. Like you know, and people who work in sort of graphics and graphic design with like computer programs will like work in marketing. Sometimes they work in IT, like whatever it might be. Yeah. Comms. Um, I know someone who's, who's worked in comms and IT and stuff like that. Anyway, but like yeah, where there is transferable skills, um, that makes those moves easier. It can be quite confronting to like make the decision to completely change, um, lanes, but it can be really, really fruit, uh, fruitful. Well, I kind of feel like when you do something like this, it's kind of like swinging across monkey bars, right? Yeah. So you're holding onto one bar, you swing, you grab the other bar, and for a moment in time, you're holding onto both. Yeah. So, you know, 
That's a good analogy. So we've got, yeah, thank you. So we've kind of <laughs> you're better at that. <laughs> so we've kind of transitioned into our second one, which is obviously lateral progression. Yeah. And so, I think one of the key things here is for lateral progression, it is equally opportunistic. Where if there's something you want to do that's maybe um, sort of adjacent to what you currently do, yeah. Really, you need to kind of identify there's a core overlap mm. so as you said you can't go from working in legal to working in design yeah unless you already have like a core set of skills that allows yeah, yeah. you to do yeah. so yeah um you know for me uh lateral i mean that was more creating my own path but i brought existing skills into a role yeah which then kind of made other opportunities available to me but yeah. we kind of talked about on last week's episode about having advocates and doing sort of cross-pollination project hmm. is that you know that's your opportunity where you work on something that might be slightly out of your remit yeah. pre- contributing to it in the way that your mm-hmm. current role is relevant to prove that you can do it prove that you can do it prove that you form a good relationship with a person who can maybe open that door for you yeah and then look for opportunities to say okay well, actually what you do is really interesting yeah I can do some of it, but I'd really like to learn how to maybe do some more of it. And yeah. that's where you open the door to potentially do a lateral movement. Yeah. So going back to your your example of someone who's got a construction management degree wanting to, to be a lawyer, um, the, the, the best move would be that she stops working on construction and starts working immediately in the legal team, even though she's not qualified yet. Or she know. does half and half, right? So she's got yeah. three days where she's kind of still working on her old role and still servicing the business in her n- or her existing skills. Mm. And then she spends two days of the work week, or if she's working part-time, but one day a week, mm. working with the embedded in the legal team yeah. as if she was a graduate. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that that kind of rapport building thing as well because ultimately when she finishes her legal degree she's as good as a graduate in mm. that particular field but yeah, she's sure. already demonstrated that she's got rapport with the business existing knowledge of how the business functions yeah. and she's still useful to the business in other ways yeah and so i think that's how she allows herself to move from not be like from her current role into not being a graduate mm-hmm. by upskilling herself on the job yeah for sure okay and then the third one was where you sort of carve out your own your own path and we we sort of for one of a better terms, calling it random progression, but yeah, yeah it's where it's literally where this is tricky. Um, but both you and I have done this a number of times in our career, and it's um, leap. It's enabled us to leapfrog um, the like you know all the other steps and create massive opportunities. But it's basically where you identify a need in the business, or someone identifies it for you. Mm. Um, where there's like either a task or a function that needs to be delivered that doesn't currently exist. Mm-hmm. So you identify it, you build out a strategy around it, you build out a business case on it, um, you sell the business on the return on investment because basically they have to pay your wage to do this thing that no one currently does. So why, you know, if, if no one's currently doing it, do we even need it? Mm. So you've got to sell them on that um, and get them to invest in it. And the tricky part is getting them to continually invest in it. Yeah. So my current job, I run one of the departments I run didn't exist before. Uh, actually, in coming to this business, um, I was just looking out for that department. But So the department didn't exist before. I was brought in a role. I had to develop a team, um, develop a strategy, and ensure that business was happy to continue investing in this team and strategy. And there was a clear return on investment. Mm. 
it's a it's tricky because you are more exposed if it doesn't work, um, and if it doesn't go the right way. But you're easily sort of, you know. Yeah, but the disposable. App, yeah, you are disposable. Like you know, it, they could just go, "Oh, well, that's a failed sort of experiment," and then potentially, like depending on the business business that you're in, you mightn't be able to go back to what you were doing before because there's no other role. Um, well, can I ask? So you've kind of pointed something out, which might be a bit of a deterrent, deterrent for people. But how do you shore up that role once you've created it? Yeah, so like you, you need to be really like clear that the ROI is worth it. Like if it's a fractional thing where they're like, oh yeah, it's going to get us a minor benefit. Like, you know. You have to justify your existence. Yeah. And it needs to be a substantial justification. Like, and when you get into the role and set it up, you you need to be very conscious of the commercial return Mm -hmm. and how you continue to prove that. Mm -hmm. So this is the investment we're making in terms of wages and stuff like that. How do you prove that they're getting that back each time? If you if you're starting out and you can't actually work out how to prove that, then you're already in trouble. Yeah. Because they're gonna um they're gonna ask, they're gonna sort of ask questions about that when times are tough. When times are good, they'll probably invest in it anyway and go, Oh, this is worth a shot. Mm. Um, but when things are difficult, particularly, you know, in global economy now, uh, you know, uh, the last one I read was yesterday, Deutsche Bank are gonna get let go of three and a half thousand people over the next two years. Jesus Christ. It's happening everywhere. So like yeah. the if you don't pr- prove the ROI and you're facing that kind of economic challenge, then you're going to, you're going to struggle to justify your role. I think unfortunately as well, those kinds of roles, I want to say they're dead end, but they are, they suddenly like the ability for you to continue charging forward becomes like extremely difficult unless you kind of find a way to cut across from that role back into a, like a regular stream of progression. Well, you just create your own streams though. Like I I don't agree that the, it, you sort of get limited. You just create your own streams. There's transferable skills. So, like, if you're, if you're, um, if you create a role that is is sort of around doing some tasks, um, and there's a return on doing those tasks, what happens if you have more people doing those tasks? Mm. Right? Um, you can justify more people doing those tasks. So, actually, when we first started working together, I was the only one doing the tasks. I was the only one sort of running that function. And then I justified that I needed more people to help me. Yep. So there was a further invest- investment in it. Before you know it, I'm a team leader mm. um, running a function with a strategy and a budget. Mm-hmm. Bang, okay, I've got transferable skills anywhere in the business now because I know how to run a budget. Mm-hmm. I know how to run people and teams. I know how to develop a strategy. I know how to run business um, business plans and business cases. I know how to pitch. Like you are an entrepreneur inside the business once mm-hmm. you've started to do that. Mm-hmm. And everyone talks about entrepreneurs now and how sexy it is to be an entrepreneur, but no one really realizes that the vast majority of entrepreneurs fail. Um, But there is a capacity to do this within a business and it's called intrapreneurs, Mm. like intrapreneurs do this. Um, But it is tricky. So like there are always holes in organizations that you can find and you can plug, but the holes need to be big enough well, the, the timing needs to be good, so people need to either just you know be happy to invest the money because the you know times are good, mm-hmm. or if times are not good and you and you're going for it, um, it might it might still be the right time to go for it, but you really need to prove a return on investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay, so something I want to talk about, and this is something I've witnessed happen to many people, is talking about um, progression being a poison apple. Mm-hmm. So I think something that is sort of common between the three of these types of regression is 
sort of the need to demonstrate that you're able to do more yep. or able to do something different. Yeah. How do you make you make sure that that doesn't become a like I said a poison apple where you're doing more but you're getting paid less or you all the extra that you're doing isn't worth the pay yeah. or the responsibility? No, it's a really good clarification because what I was just saying about trying to find a um like a pl- a hole to to fill. No one's gonna. It's very rare that someone's gonna let you do that, like just in isolation. They're yeah. gonna say, "Yeah, cool, you can do that." But you have to do it on top of your role to yeah. begin with, yeah. um, and prove, you know, prove the value. So there's additional work to be done here. What you're talking about is when that additional work becomes a permanent expectation. Yeah. So you've carved out this sort of additional value, this problem that you're solving, and then the business, instead of identifying that as a different role, just pays you the same and says, okay, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, second to that, though, is there's plenty of businesses that will incentivize people with a promotion. Mm. And the people take the promotion and they're like, fuck, I hate this. Like, my partner's been through this. Like, so he recently was promoted into a new role and um, they basically, he's just so unhappy now he's mm. like you know, i really liked what i was doing before mm. this new role it's not worth the extra you know five or ten percent pay rise because mm. i'm working way more than mm. i was before i've got way more responsibility uh you know so you know how do you identify if, that if the money was way better would he be happier i don't know to be honest with you maybe i, I mean because maybe it's not an issue around what he's doing it's just that he feels like he's he's getting the raw end of the deal I think you really need to figure out what it is you want to do. That's the problem, right? So I think in this particular role, he's doing a lot more management as opposed to doing. He yeah. likes to do. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think it, I'd say the financial incentive for him to kind of give away what he used to like to do in order to do what the business needs him to do probably mm. needs to be quite substantial mm. in order to make it worth his while. Mm. I don't know what that would look like. But I suppose for some people... How how do you would how do you know that before you go into the situation? Because there's really no turning back. You can't go and do a job and then be like, actually, I hate that. I want to go back to what I used to be doing. You know what I mean? Well, I guess it depends how you set it up from the beginning. Like it, it, we're we're sort of talking about two slightly different things here. One is when you are making a conscious choice yourself to carve out additional responsibilities because you see that that's a route to pursue. The other that you're talking about is when that's imposed on you. Well, that's linear progression, right? Because I say by default, we all sit in the business long enough, someone's job becomes open. Yeah. How do you know that that's the right decision for you? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, I think I find it kind of foreign that you wouldn't understand what the role above you is doing enough before those opportunities open up. I mean, like for you... His situation's very different though because there's been like a whole bunch of people above him that have left. So they're probably carving out something that's probably not what it looked like before. Uh, Yes and no. I think for you, yes though, like you've spoken about on this podcast that you like to make a habit of understanding what it is your boss does. Yeah. I actually think a lot of people don't do that. Okay. So there's a good chance that someone could be doing their role. They see their manager. I know for a fact that neither of my staff have got a real grip on what it is I do. Yeah. So if they were to come in and try and do what I do, they would not have. They wouldn't know what to do. But would they? Do they want to do what you want to do? Like, do they want to do your role? Um, I don't know. So, Possibly. So for me, like, I think the the expectation is is that a large number of our listeners are kind of ambitious and yeah. and wanting to progress. Yeah. So I'd say, if that is the case, you you should understand what your next step is likely to be if it's imposed by the business. Well, I find that interesting because that staff member who asked me about progression mm. 
actually hasn't made a concerted effort to uh, yeah, even understand. Because that's the thing, right? She reports into me. Mm. I don't see why her career progression couldn't be looking at what I do mm-hmm. for a role. I mean, we should all understand what our bosses do in the you know unforeseen circumstances that suddenly our bosses leaves or something happens. Yeah. And you can say, hey, well, I know what they do. I've been doing it with them for the mm-hmm. last however long. Yeah, those opportunities are a dime a dozen they're, and they're, they're great. So it's definitely a, a key thing to understand what people above you are doing. Mm. Um, so I think but like in in uh, your partner's situation... Um, I just don't think it's something he had seen on his vision board of like, Hmm. He didn't see his boss, his boss's job, and go, yeah, I want to do that. But as well, like you know, he doesn't really even want to be there in long term too. So like, he wants to do yeah, music, completely different yeah. thing. So like, you know, it's paying the bills at this point. Um, and and um, one of my other best mates too, actually, same situation. So he he works in sports betting. He was promoted. What a job. Yeah, he was promoted to a, a role that was specific, looking at sports arbitrage, mm. and like super difficult job mm. um, better pay he fucking hated it yeah, yeah yeah and he has gone back to what he was doing before really yeah, yeah. how'd that go basically he just had the conversation and said like uh, I'm, I'm not enjoying this i'd like to go back to what i was doing before and i think he was that good at what he's doing before that they they're just, like okay sure you know um, lose him yeah and i think i'm pretty sure he had a step back in his in his pay and that sort of stuff like yeah. So I think you can have those conversations. Um, it's in, just something I never really considered, hey? Yeah, I think in reality, like the business would understand, like if you're not happy in doing what you're doing, they're going to lose you. Mm. So as we discussed before, it costs a shitload of money to replace good people. So mm. yeah, I think just being able to have that discussion and say, I'd actually like to go back to what I was doing before is not not a um, an unreasonable discussion. They might say, okay, well, actually for, for us to do that, Mm. There isn't a role available for you, in in which case it's just the same as a role not being available above you. So it might be a waiting game. Well, I think what we like kind of mentioned in the intro is the intentionality behind it all. Like what is most key to any of this is really, yeah, having an understanding of where you want to go and what you want to do. Yeah, and then what we talked about last time. Yeah, exactly. Working back from there. So you know, it definitely needs to be intentional. Like, gone are the days where you know your boss would tap you on the shoulder and go, "You're doing a great job, mate." Like. (laughs) You're due for a promotion. Yeah. It doesn't fucking happen, unfortunately. Did it ever? Like, like, well, as far as I know, it did. Really? Like, yeah, I mean... Oh, to be a boomer. Yeah, back in the day, people just said, oh, you're doing a great job, here's a pay rise and yeah. a promotion. Like, it doesn't happen... Well, it doesn't generally happen yeah. um, unless, you know... Um, unless your boss is phenomenal and... I'd be know, really suspicious if it did as well. <laughs> Someone was like, here's some more money in a promotion. I'd be like, mm, hang on a sec. Yeah, like especially if it came out of the blue. But So it does need to be intentional, which yeah. is a really good point. You, you do need to, as we talked about last time, you do need to map out where you want to be in the sort of um, one and five year plan. Mm. And these moves do need to be intentional. Yeah. So yeah, if it's an imposed situation on you, you 100% need to understand how that's clear eyed yeah yeah is that going to serve my next step like do i really want to do this role like is it going to actually get to me get me to where i want to get to anyway or is it just a bunch more work um for little payoff yeah yeah but the tricky like the super tricky one is um when you're carving out the these additional responsibilities because you see an opportunity Mm. and then that becomes your like expectation Mm. So you, you're doing two people's jobs and you're getting the same pay and you get no promotion. Yeah. Um, and it's actually very hard to walk that back. It's impossible to walk that back. Yeah. Um, because 
like morally what you're realizing is that they don't have your best interest at, at heart anyway they mm. just want you to do more work and and never change things mm. and that ha- that's happened to me um and it and you do develop like a lack of trust. I think um, there's an element of record keeping, right? So you say, right, I am going to do X, Y, Z. This is what's in my job description. Mm. This is the additional work I want to do. And I want it to be done contingent on there being yeah. discussions. Yeah. So I think that's really that's really important where the communication piece comes into it. Yeah. You don't just start doing someone else's job. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. Like, so to begin with, you're setting out like, okay, these are the, this, is the, this is the opportunity to, to tackle this problem. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'd like to tackle it with the view that it, it results in my role changing yeah doors opening do you agree you know like if there's agreement there then you can kind of set off and and tackle it if there's no agreement or there's a lack of commitments where you kind of get caught out and i think as well if there's a if there's a commitment and then that commitment isn't honored Mm. that's when you get you're doing yourself a favor really you're kind of figuring out the kind of organization you're working for and you can make some proper decisions off the back of that yeah but i think so there, there are three um three significant kind of ways of going about things um, everyone I've really kind of spoken to, like my mentors and people I look up to have had vastly different career, mm. uh, paths. There is no one way of going about this. And in, in fact, if you recognize that there are these sort of three things available to you, it's yeah, really about it opens you. things up for you. Yeah. It's about you sort of like working out when to adopt them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people just need to recognize that when when you're in an organiz- organization where it seems that linear progression is the only mm. mechanism that's a load of shit i think as well something that's really important and i think is a bit of a trap is don't get comfortable it's so easy to yeah. just like sit in your role and then just be like this is nice i know what i'm doing yeah i think you should always have an, it should always be a conversation you're having with yourself and your manager mm. at regular intervals yeah you know, every couple months what am i doing comfort kills man like i think eventually when you've got um people who are just happy doing the, the same thing the, the the work standard drops off massively you know they're especially in difficult times their their likelihood to step up and do additional work just diminishes yeah um yeah so like i think people should you, there should always be a degree of urgency and a slight degree of discomfort to make sure you're getting the best out of people yeah agree. and the best out of yourself really totally cool man let's have a break Nice. All right. So for our final segment, I believe we're looking at some famous people and some unlikely careers prior to what we know them for doing. Yeah, this is a bit of fun. Um, It's not necessarily advocating that you take these career paths and you'll end up successful. But if you do, by all means. Yeah, yeah. Right in. This is the sort of stuff we're talking about. So Megan Fox, uh, the actress, used to dress up as a banana and Whoopi Goldberg was a phone sex operator. (laughs) That's the sort of stuff we're talking about. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I'll I'll give you some good ones. Okay. So Rod Stewart, Mm. famous singer. He's had a a very long um, sort of rock career. Uh, He, What do you think he did to begin with to start out his career? Was he a janitor? They're pretty close. Yeah, he worked at Highgate Cemetery as a grave digger. Is he? Brit- he's British, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's just down the road. Yeah. So he, in his biography, he said he, he hoped working. <laughs> Janet is close to a <laughs> grave digger. <laughs> Mopping up, cleaning graves. <laughs> yeah. um, in his biography, he said that um, he hoped working in a cemetery would rationalise his fear of dying. Wow. So he. Um, Fuck, that's heavy, man. 
yeah, he had a fear of dying and thought digging holes for real bodies would help him get over that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about this one? Okay, Christopher Walken. Uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. I just watched fucking Hairspray the other day. Did you? I love him. Uh, oh. Mate, this, this guy's so random. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Tell me. He was a lion tamer in a traveling circus. Fuck, of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. Yeah. Absolutely, I say that Get for Get over here. You know, the thing about lions is you've got to teach them how to do the thing. <laughs> I just, I love that guy. Yeah. What a, He'd be the kind of uncle you'd pray turns up to Christmas. <laughs> and uh, Sylvester Stallone cleaned the lion cage. I don't think they work together, but that's kind of random. In Central Park Zoo. See that. There's a good one. John Hamm from... Uh, also love John Hamm. What's he out of again? He's uh, in Bridesmaids. He's in heaps of stuff. No, what's the yeah Bridesmaids? But what's the what's that? He's show? just got like that very big chin, handsome face. No, but what's that show he does where it's like the old school advertising? Uh, yeah, be, like Veep. No, I don't no, know. Yeah, it's like I know what you're talking about. Yeah, from like the I know him from Bridesmaids, which is the best movie yeah. ever made. Anyway, um, Mad Men. That's the one. He's oh, in right. Mad Men. Yeah. Anyway, so what do you reckon he did? It's it's somewhat to do with acting and film. Was he a uh, makeup artist? No. He, uh, I don't know why I said makeup artist. It's absolutely not a makeup artist. He designed sets for softcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean design sets? There's, you, yeah. you cannot tell me there's you set get, design involved a, in softcore porn. This is a porn. quote from him. Essentially, I had to move the furniture around sweaty naked people. It wasn't a great job, but the money was useful. I think that'd be a great job. I'd be yeah. into that. I love that. Yeah, okay. Good for him. One one or two more. We'll go... Softcore porn. A bit more... Um, By the way, what defines softcore versus hardcore? Let's not go down that. Okay, all right. Um, Different podcast. Some people who sort of... Um, who who reach success from the, the sort of right, right down the bottom. So people who were homeless at some stage in their career. I'm just going to throw a couple of names out there because we're sort of short on time. Jim Carrey. I say that for him. Once lived out of a camper van. Um, oh, that's not homeless. And a tent. That's not homeless. What's? Ha- I'm picturing like, uh, yeah, I'm picturing someone like you know shaking a tin of can, a, t- a can of coins. Yeah, tin of coins. Halle Berry stayed in a homeless shelter. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, and then, the co-founder of Canada's largest specialty chain of coffee shops was homeless because he had a drinking problem. Franco Day. Um, he Swapped from sac- alcohol to caffeine and turned his <laughs> life around. <laughs> He's got 360 stores, that guy. Good for him. Susie Ormond. Yes, I know her. Yeah. Uh, she's now worth about 25 million. She was um, homeless. She lived out of a van, which she- according to you is not homeless, but to me, I think it's close enough. I feel like a lot of people live in vans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing now, camper vans. Yeah. Uh, th- this one, I think everyone knows because this is a brilliant movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, Chris yeah. Gardner. That's the, if you've not seen that movie, it's an amazing movie. That's one with that Will Will um, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have seen um, that movie. But he's got a book as well. Start where you are. Life lessons in getting from where you are to where you want to want to be. It's probably worth a read. Probably worth a read. Okay, mate. That's all we've got time for today. Nice. So uh, our usual wrap up. Um, yeah, make sure you you stay up to date with the latest episodes. Don't forget to like and uh, subscribe. Feel free to leave us a comment as we love to hear from you. And let's see if I can get this right two weeks in a row. Mm. If you want to email us, <laughs> we should just get a new you're, email. You're just giggling, <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's snakes and ladders podcast at gmail dot com. That's n the letter n. Just yeah, in case. n ladders. 
we love to hear from you guys. Um, when we get more famous, we will change this email. Yeah, or <laughs> pay for a pay better. for a better email. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks, guys. Catch you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.